0: welcome i'm mandy a former history teacher and i'm Avita, a former mechanical engineer we're both married with four kids two, two boys two, two girls. girls we're two young professionals turned stay at home moms navigating all facets of homemaking one step at a time to help you become the mother and wife you are called to be
1: hello ladies welcome to our episode 18 uh Today actually marks our official one year from our release of our first episode, and it's kind of awesome that we decided to record unknowingly on this day. on that day. Yes. So, again, apologies. I feel like we always have to start off with an (laughs) apology. (laughs) apology. Anytime there's a holiday. (laughs) Yes. Anytime there's a holiday or whatever, you guys know. We're We kind of fall behind, but- we're here. We're back. We're always thinking about you guys and awesome new content that we can discuss and what's relatable to you guys. And it's
0: good because we've got to really like plan this one out with the bunch yes. the we had. So. so
1: hopefully this one goes really swell. Yes. Um, so Mandy, I'll let you introduce the topic
0: a little bit, what we're going to be discussing today. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about kind of a plethora of, of things but they all kind of connect together and that's this natural curiosity that we have and so if is going to dive into what is curiosity what does thomas Kuhn say about it Fold machine say about it in relation to that and it can be a good thing it also can be not so good depending on how it's done and then of course like what actually is curiosity defining it And then we're going to get into the topic of simplicity and they kind of go together because when we're talking about curiosity and you know, our research brains, we want to look up everything. We want to know everything we're in. We live in a culture where you can have knowledge at the tap of a button Mm -hmm. that it can sometimes be really overwhelming and overly complicated. And so simplicity can kind of be the answer to this world of maybe too much curiosity, too much information, too much to sort through that. Sometimes we have to go back to the basics and that takes temperance and that takes prudence. Um, And that leads us to this more simplifying things. And then of course, simplifying things can lead us to other virtues like having more gratitude for what we have, um, having more prudence for what Mm -hmm. we allow in and what we don't allow in. Mm -hmm. Um, So just a lot of intentionality about what are we looking into? What are we allowing in to not only our homes, but our brains?
1: Right. And and a lot of this, I think, has to do with because recently and, and I feel like any time any kind of holiday season comes up or a special event, you can be so easily distracted from the main point mm-hmm. that you either occupy yourself with things you shouldn't or things that don't matter, or it's just I don't know, it kind of just deviates from our duty. So yes, as homemakers, we often are curious about a lot of things, right? Like, for like, what's some people I know obsess about what's going on in the world and politics. I'm not personally one of those people. But I know people like that. And it can be kind of doomy gloomy. But anyhow, um, what maybe relates to me is like, most up to trend home decor styles, focusing on the latest and greatest toys to entertain our children with being hyper focused on how to help those outside our home. And a lot of these things are not inherently bad, right? It's not, it's not bad to create a nice home. It's not bad for your, you want your children to be happy and all that, right? Um, But rather it's when it hurts our home life or distracts us from our primary duties as wives and mothers. So. Why are we curious? Uh, Aristotle has something to say about that. He says, (laughs) we're innately curious beings. Um, By quote, he says, all men by nature desire to know and that it to some degree satisfies our senses. So along those lines, we can acknowledge that it also brings us pleasure. Like Personally, for me, I get an adrenaline rush when I find something at the thrift that perfectly resembles the latest <laughs> home decor trend that I found on Pinterest. And you know, I'm curious. Like, I'm I'm online. I'm like, what's everyone doing? What's the color of the year? Sherwin Williams. You know, like to me, this stuff kind of matters, right? It creates the home life, so it brings me personal pleasure. And anyhow, Fulton Sheen states that quote: "The pursuit of pleasure." is thus a token of our higher nature a symptom of our loneliness in this world so it is a god-given desire to want to pursue things that kind of fill our cup you know yes um and when it goes awry so saint thomas aquinas uh kind of breaks it down into two uh two kind of categories so curiosity versus studiousness um, St. Thomas Aquinas discusses curiosity versus studiousness and the difference is between and the differences between the two, the former being a vice and the latter, the corresponding virtue. He states that yeah. curiosity as a, as a vice is the disorder and the tendency of the appetite for knowledge, mm. which is always present in man since the desire to know is part of his nature. And in contrast... Studiositas, or studio, studiousness, as understood by uh, Saint Thomas, is the moral virtue by means of which the knowledge is obtained
0: that allows man to live a good life. I love this because it I feel like it's speaking to me. <laughs> Speak. So recently, I've been getting into the um, Israel Hamas war because I didn't know a lot about it. I've heard a lot of heated debates on both sides and Mm. I'm a history teacher. So I'm like, gosh, like how does this compare to, Mm. you know? So I think it's good to stay up on current events, but it started becoming mind numbing with how much information was out there. Like, I mean, let's think about it. World War II, were there concentration camp videos that we could pull up on our phones and Mm -hmm. like see this and no Mm -hmm. there weren't in fact there were pictures kind of circulating but people thought they weren't real and really propaganda yeah propaganda and like american soldiers were like shocked when they entered these camps for the first time like they didn't realize how bad it was and i'm not saying that's good either to have things more hidden Mm -hmm. but now we have the opposite problem where nothing's hidden and i'm like looking at these videos and these hostages are describing what happened to them and i'm hearing things that are happening to babies and it's like i just felt so, so dark much it's and it was much. too much right. and i love that that the studiousness like okay am i just looking knowledge for sake of knowledge or am i looking up something that's going to make me a better person i right. was getting to the point where why am i listening to all this like i'm glad i know the right. atrocities that are going on because that's important
1: right to be aware i need to pray i
0: need to pray yes, i need to pray to and pray. i need to be like so grateful that any problem i have wouldn't even come close to that right and so i think it's good to be aware but again having that prudence of like stopping when it's enough mm-hmm. right when mm-hmm. do you cross from I'm being studious and doing my due diligence to know what I'm supposed to pray for as a Christian and as a citizen. Right. But I'm not getting to the point where I'm just feeding this thirst for knowledge just so I know everything about it. Like where is the boundary? Yeah. Where is the limit? Because at some
1: point it it could affect your home life.
0: And I'm not like an Israeli general that's making – like I don't need to know – All the ins and outs of the battle plan. You don't need to
1: go in that hole. (laughs) That's not my
0: job. (laughs) Yeah. This endless abyss where you're probably not going to get the answers. Right. I'm not. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm glad I'm more informed. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly glad. um, I think it's important to not take media's word for it, not take other people's word for it and do research. That's the studiousness part. I need to be well informed so that when I hear these things you know, like, especially as a history teacher. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's when does it cross? Because I feel like it can easily shift from one to the other, uh, especially in our world of where it's like, you know, Thomas Aquinas is saying this in medieval times. Yeah. Like, look at how much more access to knowledge we have.
1: Yeah. Like he's stressing, discerning on what you should be intaking and why. And back then things were so much more like limited you didn't mm-hmm. know about anything going on pretty much outside your town unless it was like come like me- came by a messenger or something right. like a literal person coming leaving a note
0: yeah you know what i mean to the yeah. higher
1: ups which would then take, you had to like- copy
0: your own bible
1: if you wanted <laughs> yes. your own personal bible. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so anyhow I, I think it is good to to kind of think about what you were saying and then and then also think about like why is it that you are so curious about that mm. i mean it is good to know about what's going on in the world because again history is a pleasure like it's something yeah. that you delight in and it is good to know i think like that's one thing i wish i would have paid attention well teaches you to do so about humanity history, and you're a yes. human
0: so that helps in your yes. pursuit of mm-hmm. what are bad things that have mm-hmm. occurred and mm-hmm. what things were pitfalls that people fall into right. so like yes you you definitely need to be informed about. Certain things that makes you a better human, but at what Mm -hmm. point are you not doing it for that end anymore?
1: Yes, and and I and to me, like by this (laughs) regarding that topic, I feel like since I am so helpless, Mm -hmm. like it's not like what's the point? Because I don't want to make it sound like I don't care, because I do care, and I feel like this stuff kind of pains my heart, and it is a little overwhelming. So
0: I kind of choose to just not look you know what i mean oh yeah i mean you can know the headline without knowing all the ins and outs Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, like you don't have to watch mm -hmm. the video that they posted right of what they're doing
1: yes but you can
0: know that they're doing it and Mm -hmm. be super empathetic sympathetic and prayerful about it to right cease and and
1: both of these both of these perspectives like mandy's with knowing humanity and history and all that to be knowledgeable about what's going on in the world is is great. Or if you're like my side where you're like, okay, it's a little too much for me to handle at this point. I'm Mm -hmm. pregnant or whatever, whatever your state in life is, especially when you hear about like little kids and stuff. Yeah. You kind of have to stop there.
0: Yes, You can hear about it and stop yourself from.
1: (laughs) Yes. The common thread though here is discerning. And again, um, Mm -hmm. being prudent as to what you are intaking and why and what you right. can handle and what is good for you and your home life
0: yes and so uh, for example with the sound of freedom that came out i care deeply about human tra- trafficking especially when it comes to children right and that video was really interesting. But yeah, I was pregnant at the time. I knew Mm -hmm. my emotional state and I was like, I can't watch that evil right now. Yeah. It will not serve me.
1: Exactly.
0: But like it's going to make me by all means for people that watch that and like they're made aware of a situation they weren't and they Mm -hmm. feel called to do Mm -hmm. something about it in their state of life that they can. Yeah. 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 Great. I'm so glad it's out there. But yeah, you have to be prudent as to what you're intaking in your brain
1: exactly exactly so so back to thomas aquinas to make the distinction clear he isn't saying that the desire for knowledge is evil because it cannot be knowledge in itself is always a good Mm -hmm. rather it is evaluating the evaluating the reason behind the desire to know is it because we want to be is it because we want to be better and it results in arrogance is it because we are consciously evading our duties and occupying ourselves with what is not important so guilty of that one yeah i mean
0: (laughs) it can fall let me look up more videos on how to update a garage that i'm not going to be updating so i don't have (laughs) to clean mine exactly
1: (laughs) it's like how do i refinish tile this video said this what about like five other videos you know anyhow so again (laughs) uh and so anyhow what does this all lead to what what should we practice in order to know and make the right decisions so there's a couple of virtuous solutions that uh mandy mentioned at the beginning of the episode um the antidote to this kind of curiosity is prudence and temperance so living a simple life another thing that you'll go into later on that mandy will go into is how we can practically apply the solution so Prudence, um, as defined in the catechism, is the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving
0: it. Gosh, I feel like if there's one virtue you could say that we lack as a world today the most, it'd be prudence. Yes. There's very little discernment and there's very little you can do a right thing in the wrong way Mm -hmm. like there's two parts to that Mm -hmm. it's knowing the right thing yeah but then doing it the right way yes so this goes
1: perfectly into what thomas aquinas says he says prudence is right reason in action Mm. and you're right i mean he he also he also calls he also ranks prudence as the first cardinal virtue because it is concerned with the intellect Again, he defined it as right reason and action, and it allows us to judge correctly what is right and what is wrong in any given situation. But you're right.
0: Hmm. It's not
1: just knowing, it's acting it out. Yeah. Which can
0: be honestly the harder part, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the concept- Sometimes the truth is obvious, but then right. how to go about pursuing right. that.
1: And And one thing that I feel like proves to me God's existence is the concept of concupiscence. Mm-hmm. Like knowing- what the good thing is and deliberately choosing to do the opposite yes it's like man that that what am i doing like you (laughs) your moral compass is there you are just choosing not to so again that that meets the first criteria yes that meets the first criteria of prudence of knowing what's right yeah but it fails to meet the second which is acting upon that Mm -hmm. so uh, a couple of bible verses that discuss prudence are the prudent sees from proverbs 22 the prudent sees the evil and hides himself but the naive go on and are punished for it and i like that because prudence like requires you to open your eyes and see what is out there and then having all that information that we're taking in from the internet or wherever Mm -hmm. And then deciding, okay, I'm going to shield myself from that, or I'm not going to decide to engage in that.
0: Yeah, and that is what's going to that's going to save how me. How many decisions you have to make a day like that? Yeah, where you require prudence at every step. Mm-hmm. Do I do this? Do I not do this? And it's not always clear. Like that's why we have to develop the virtue of pr- of prudence, because you have to be in the habit of knowing how to seek truth, and then implementing it. Mm -hmm. because sometimes the truth isn't obvious and complicated things. And so then you have to submit to like, what do I think is the best thing? And then how do I go about doing that?
1: Right. And I, and I think that's kind of what, what triggered this episode is exactly what you just said is that sometimes it's like the truth is not sometimes the truth is very easy. It's very Mm -hmm. simple as Mm -hmm. as how you're going to go into. And the more we kind of, obsess or become infatuated with doing something else or digging in deeper, the more complicated it gets. And the more we deviate from the simplicity that that is the truth. Right? Right.
0: Yeah. We can definitely overcomplicate a lot of
1: situations. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then the second virtue temperance, um, as defined in the catechism is temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. So the temperate person directs the sensitive appetites towards what is good and maintains a healthy discretion. Temperance is often praised in the Old Testament. Do not follow your base desires, but restrain your appetites.
0: I like this one too, because when you hear temperance, you can just assume it's food and drink.
1: Cause it's usually
0: associated with that, but it's like being temperate with pursuit of knowledge,
1: right? limiting yourself,
0: limiting this. I mean, how many things do we have to limit ourselves? We have to limit our curiosity, right? We have to limit, um, what we bring into our homes. Like if we're just talking material things, right? Right. So
1: it's, I'm laughing because before we, before we were recording, I was telling Mandy how You know, you get later into the pregnancy stages and you start to feel heavy and you're like, okay, this is normal, but I don't like it. And (laughs) the temperance aspect, I was, when I was telling my husband this the other night that I was frustrated, like, oh, I'm feeling bigger and whatever. And he, he casually mentioned like, well, you know, like you could try making like healthier eating decisions. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Wait. No, like, what do you mean? I'm a healthy person, and he's like, "Well, you've had thakis, and I see you eat Mexican candy at night, and I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. I guess, I guess I can have one thakis instead of like 50. You know, substituted taco for the candy. So yeah, temperance. Okay, limiting your thakis or Doritos or whatever intake
0: yes so
1: (laughs) it is something that is good for your body but also again the things like you know when to put down your phone in the morning and pay attention to your kids like limit the time or when is it a good time to actually glance at your phone you know it's like maybe not during and when is it a good time
0: to simplify your schedule Mm -hmm. and not be going out Mm
1: -hmm. all the
0: time, meeting other people, doing all these play dates, like that's not a bad thing. Right. But is it causing something else to happen if you're overly doing it? Yes.
1: I read a quote that said something like, your nose are just as what you decide to do or your nose are just as more important as your yeses Mm. or just as important as your yeses and it kind of hits home it's like what are you deciding to leave out of your life Mm -hmm. and what are you what are you including and i almost feel like the former is more important than the latter like what you're saying no to is to me a little bit more important than what you're saying yes to i I mean i know i know they're probably both and you know what i mean but again because we live in this era of so much is available all the time you usually
0: need to say no you usually need to
1: say no it's
0: not like (laughs) let me let
1: me get more yeses in you know i think we live in an age where you have to say no and be comfortable with that Mm -hmm. and know that it's not disrespectful it's just you're setting boundaries for your life which are healthy and go towards simplicity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and then a bible quote on simplicity sorry on temperance is from psalm 16 5 to 6 oh lord your boundary lines mark out delightful places for me Ooh, boundary. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those are our no's. <laughs> if you want to live in a delightful place, a delightful state of mind, know your boundaries and mark them.
0: All right. So when we're discussing simplicity, obviously the first saint that came to my mind is Saint Teresa of Lisieux, known for her little way, which was just a very simplistic way of how to live out a life of charity um and what lo- well charity is love i don't know why i said in love <laughs> but anyways how well, to live people out.
1: these days kind of like make a differentiation between the two like That's being true. terrible but but charity is love and loving something like, yes yeah true yeah
0: so the virtue of yes, charity the
1: virtue of charity
0: so she has this little way of basically it's just simple. She would just love people where they were at. Um, She would go out of her way to do nice things for people. They were little tiny things, but all together made her this great saint. And so she said, this is my way to get to heaven, not by doing something crazy extraordinary. She was a cloistered nun right so it's not like she could go out and she actually had wanted to be a missionary and like go out and do all these amazing Mm -hmm. things but rather she would do little small sacrifices little things um, and that that would get her to be holy and to get to heaven and kind of reflecting on her life i think sometimes that we can put too much stock in our own efforts and our ability to solve problems be great parents stay organized make a beautiful home part of this is our american spirit of like rugged independence like i can do it myself right like that we kind of have a little too much of like oh all our efforts like it's either my fault if i do something completely wrong or Mm -hmm. if i do something good it's all my own effort and we can forget that we have to rely on god to do all of these things so if we are succeeding and being a good parent or staying organized it's not simply through our own efforts so our effort alone is insufficient, and when we see ourselves faltering, yes, it's good to talk with friends, seek advice, research, look into books, but we should also be committing ourselves to prayer and asking God for the graces we need, and that's the simple part, right? Like that's that's easy. You you say, God, look, I really need yeah. to develop this virtue. I'm right. struggling with
1: prayer. Doesn't have to be complicated. It's it a doesn't. simple act.
0: Yes. And I think we forget the most simple thing first. Like we, we get into all these systems, right? Like I got to find the latest system for potty training or it's not going to go well. Or I've got to have the perfect chore chart or my kids are never going to learn responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like we can just overcomplicate basic things. Um, So Teresa was always really good at stressing the primacy of God's work and his gift of grace that like anything you did is because you first started with God's grace to do it. So she says this quote, Jesus has no need of books or teachers to instruct souls. He teaches without the noise of words. Never have I heard him speak, but I feel he is within me at each moment. He is guiding and inspiring me with what I must say and do. I find just when I need them, certain lights that I had not seen until then. And it isn't most frequently during the hours of prayer that these are most abundant, but rather in the midst of my daily occupations. Wow. So just, I mean, how simple that is. It's like she didn't need to look up how to do everything to approach all the decisions she had to make that day, but rather the simple faith in that. I God is stirring within me what to do in these moments. Right. Like yeah, this... She has
1: an innate sense of what God is telling her to do. And mm-hmm. like she said, she's never even heard him
0: speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can all look at it, times in our life where we felt a pull to do something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can think that's within ourselves, but I can tell you mine's not because it's totally not my temperament. Something <laughs> that pop into my head to do, I'm like, I would never do that. But it's like, oh, I feel really called. I should do this right now. I don't know why, but I'm going to listen to it. I and, love that. The more you listen to it, the more you'll see it there. So if you're like, gosh, I've never felt that. yeah, <laughs> Maybe try more silence in your life yes. because you don't have to hear something speaking to you, but it is an inward pull. Right. And this, I think, is what she's referring to is that throughout the day, she would let God pull her right. into certain things and respond in certain ways that right. she felt.
1: And to, um, and to that point, I feel like right now when you said you know for people who haven't experienced that i thought gosh maybe that's me but then i started thinking you know what? i have actually experienced that and when i experience that it's usually in the morning
0: mm-hmm. before
1: i've looked at my phone before i've mm-hmm. gotten out of bed it's like
0: your least distracted the moment Least
1: distracted i'm just laying there i'm like i know what's gonna happen i'm trying to like mentally prepare for the day what i need to do like i gain clarity but i also like for the practical things but I also feel most inspired like spiritually when I don't have anything going on around me. So it's, yeah. it's those moments of quiet and simplicity Yes, that you feel like God is speaking to you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I like how she said it's not in prayer. Like it doesn't have to be. Perfectly like okay, right. I'm in adoration and that's right. the only time I'm gonna hear God. Exactly.
1: But like, like me, like in the morning. I'm not yeah. necessarily praying. I no, just feel but like you're this is you're what... thinking yes. and you're you're
0: taking time to think, and that's mm-hmm. where you're allowing that inner right. So yeah, that's really important, especially with like all the noise that we can experience is that that's why God doesn't always use words. Right. Because those can be noise. Mm-hmm. Um words are beautiful and they're very poignant and they have a lot of power but sometimes we need silence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. So anyway, she goes on to say that there's a balance of of being prepared, like obviously, and then putting forth the effort that God asks of us. So there is that balance of like okay, we we do need to be prepared. We do need to think about things and strategize right. and read things and pray and do all these Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. but also we have to allow god to work into us and provide us with what we lack so we can't just pray for the things we want and sit back like that's not what i'm saying because saint thomas Mm -hmm. more said quote give us good lord the grace to work for the things we pray for so we're not passive by any means But at the same time, you have to recognize your need for grace, right? Like
1: knock and the door will be open and you shall find it all starts with an action on your behalf Mm -hmm. and God will grant you you the grace you're seeking. Yeah.
0: And he doesn't wave Mm -hmm. a little magic wand and all of a sudden poof, it happens to you. Usually you have to participate in the fulfillment of that prayer, which is what Thomas Moore is praying, right? Give me the grace to be willing to do that, Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Right. And so I think, you know, that's like if you're like praying to God, please sell my house. But then you never contact a realtor or put it for sale. Like You have to do something in order to to have these things come to fruition. But you do need God as well. So she says this um, kind of regarding that quote, I have frequently noticed that Jesus doesn't want me to lay up provisions. And this really made me think of all the stocking up craziness. (laughs) Even though she's not literally talking about provisions, it just, Mm -hmm. my mind immediately Mm -hmm. went there like, are we getting overly concerned with provisions? Anyway, he nourishes me at each moment with totally new food. I find it within me without knowing how it is there. I believe it is Jesus himself hidden in the depths of my poor little heart. He is giving me the grace of acting within me making me think of all he desires me to do at the present moment what does it matter lord if the future is bleak i cannot pray for tomorrow's needs keep my heart pure keep me in your shade just for today Mm -hmm. so just the simplicity of god will give me every grace i need today if i ask and we will take each thing as it comes not let me think of all the things that could happen and mentally prepare and Mm -hmm. stock up provisions Mm -hmm. and be all ready to experience this and honestly when I think of what anxiety is and how like crazy rampant it is in our world today. You, you hear about like the numbers, how crippling who have it. Yes. I think that this plays a huge role in that constantly thinking about what could happen and mentally preparing your body for it to happen. And that's why I think it's so crippling. It's like your body's in constant flight mode. Like, what would I do if this happened? Right. And if this happened, what am I going to do?
1: Yes. I heard somewhere like anxiety is like living in the future or something mm. like that. Depression is living in the past. Yes. And, That's a really great. And I'm like it's true because and, and another thing that it makes me think about what you just said is that Bible verse that says like I mean, I'm going to I'm going to butcher the verse, but he's <laughs> but God is basically saying like how much more how much more important are you than the birds of the air and I provide mm. them what they need? yeah and i always think about that because it's like we live in wisconsin where it's like (laughs) gosh oh my gosh the wind chill was like negative 27 the other day and (laughs) and i and i still see birds outside and i think oh my gosh they are living (laughs) like their wings are outside they're not frozen (laughs) to death and so i think like if god made them such a way so that they can thrive in their environment, and 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 that's mm-hmm. in the outside without a heater. Like yeah, like all how the much, comforts we have. Yes, how much more? Like, why are we worrying about you know the future or the past when mm-hmm. God has given us absolutely everything we need to yeah. live? You know, He He oh, gives yeah. the the animals that are way less than we are in His eyes. Yeah.
0: So I know, no, that's a great. So up. if you're looking for a good book this one's more scholarly fyi so it's not a pleasure read that you should have on your nightstand by any means but saint thomas more (laughs) one for you to go to bed (laughs) yeah not a great one for that you will not comprehend it but this one is called a dialogue of comfort against tribulation and it's a saint thomas more work and basically the premise is there's this uncle and there's this young nephew and this nephew's worrying about all these things but like I mean, you identify with the nephew. Mm -hmm. He's talking about Turks invading Europe and that they're known to kidnap the sons Mm -hmm. and make them go into the army. They Mm -hmm. kill the women. They kill the children. They do all these atrocities. And he's like, oh, my gosh, they're coming. Like, what would we do? And the uncle's response is always just, why are you caring? God will protect us, but not right. like in a way where like God won't allow anything to happen. God, whatever God's will is will yes. be done, and we will be we will have our confidence in God to just not think about that was a real threat, right. And so how many things aren't even a threat to us that yeah. we make a threat? Exactly. like so imagine like matter- an
1: actual threat, yeah, a physical threat that would be way more justified than a lot of the things we worry about, yeah, yeah,
0: and his response is always. Well, why should we care if we have God right. and just that simple faith? I think yes, sometimes it's we more like get a so surrender worried
1: for for God's plan for your life. Yeah, it's like if that is the plan for your life, then
0: God will give me the grace to handle it,
1: and you will go through, it, and you may yeah. die. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It it takes a, a it takes a large degree of
0: like I said, surrender, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that's where it's that's why I think. Teresa is called the little child because children look at you and get their confidence from what you say. So if you're like, we're going to be okay, they believe you. Yeah. And they have very simple faith in that. And I think that's why the Bible verses, you must become like little children right. to enter the kingdom of heaven. We have to rely on God the way children yes. rely on us with like yes. blind confidence.
1: Yes. And you know what? One of the things that reminds me, so one of the, one of the ways that St. Thomas says that um, our desire for knowledge can go awry, the last one, I won't go to get into all four of them, but the last one says, when we seek to know what is beyond us. And there is a quote by A priest, Father Antonin, Sir I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he (laughs) says, quote, we must not overestimate ourselves, but we must judge our capacity. And I feel Mm. like that has a lot to do with it because we have to know our limits and what just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like we don't have to know where all the strategic military camps are and the threat. Like we don't have to know all the ins and outs that are beyond our control and beyond our... um, need to know so yeah no that's a great great one for me as i was watching all those videos and reading <laughs> up on all that stuff it's, it's like hard. this is it's not hard. yeah this is not good a common trend because oftentimes i think in our culture we see a thirst for truth even with you know people that might not believe in god at all or not be religious at all mm-hmm. you see them thirst for things in our culture and i think this minimalism movement is like a thirst for simplicity right and i don't think it fully captures so i'm going to talk about kind of the difference between simplicity and minimalism but you can see it's like a yearning for to to uncomplicate things right through your material possessions right like i have too much to take care of i just need to get it out of my house like this is too much stress this is too much anxiety and it's
1: kind of ironic like It's like, it's a desire you're trying to fill while Mm -hmm. removing things out of your life. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, but it's very popular phenomenon. I'm sure everyone's heard of what this is. Oh
1: my gosh. (laughs) I I mean, I try to live it as much as I can. I even asked my husband, should we get rid of this? He's like, no, we could probably use it. I'm like, oh, fine. Okay. We'll keep it.
0: (laughs) So when your husband is telling you to keep stuff, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're fully on board the minimalist train. (laughs) So it's interesting, I, I kind of looked up just to put the, and this is, came from, I think she's called a simple vegan or something.com, which I'm not a vegan, but <laughs> anyway, I liked how she had pointed the difference between this idea of simplicity and this idea of minimalism and why she chooses to be identified as a simplist or simplistic, I don't know, whatever you yeah. want to make that now yeah, yeah. into, but she doesn't <laughs> choose to be identified as a minimalist. So they're definitely related and there's a lot of overlap, but basically the essential difference is that minimalism is really focused on your material possessions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's what it is. It's how much is in your home, essentially. Like, what do you own? Where simplicity goes beyond that and Mm -hmm. it's more focused on a state of mind or an approach or an attitude. So like, it's the essence, right, of Mm -hmm. of what you're doing. So minimalism is part of that. But simplicity is this bigger picture right. of like what all this includes. Right. So minimalism is like a process. You're, you're on a journey to get rid of stuff. But simplicity mm-hmm. is a state of being. Mm-hmm. Like there's no journey to simplicity. Right. Like you have to you either live it. Yeah. Or you don't. Exactly. Right. And minimalism is about reducing the number of things you own. Right. Like only as many coffee cups as we have people in the house or something like that. But simplicity is about living with less complexity. Mm-hmm. So not just in your material possessions, but what are you overly complicating right. in your life? And minimalism um, can be perceived often as like cold and stark. You know, like having an empty room, like mm-hmm. with like four things mm-hmm. in it, and mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, this is great. We only have four items yeah, to keep it's a track bit of." Dry, yeah, a bit not. Warm. It can be that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, and I know a minimalist is going to come in at me and be like, "It doesn't have to be that way." I'm sure it doesn't. There's different <laughs> ways of doing it, but.
1: You're like, but that's how I see it. But that's how I see it. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's true. Okay.
0: I'll take, I'll keep my throw pillars. Thank you very much. But (laughs) (laughs) I need them all. (laughs) I need them all. (laughs) Talking of simplicity. But simplicity is like inviting and calming. Mm -hmm. So it, like I said, minimalism can help with that because a room is more inviting if it's not filled with stuff. Exactly. Uh, But it's more about, again your your approach to everything so minimalism is obviously more measurable you can count what you own before and after and see the transformation but simplicity is harder to quantify because it's like i said a mindset So to me, simplicity really gets at the heart of the natural human problem of overcomplicating everything. Mm -hmm. So like I said, as children, we're more simple-minded. So for example, why do we complicate our relationships? Why do we always assume malintent? Children look at something and they don't think of any ulterior motive someone Mm -hmm. might have. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, thank you very much for giving me this cookie. Mm -hmm. I felt bad. The other day, my husband did something very sweet and brought me home. A cookie from a bakery and i was like oh my gosh he never goes into bakeries that's like not a scene and i'm like oh it had to be on sale or something yeah like, and yeah, so i was like oh was this like on diminishing sale his effort, and yes. he was ah, just because it was and i'm like <laughs> so i was right but it diminished yes, to the point that it yes. was a sweet thing to do and yes, so was the
1: thought that counted, i overcomplicated that
0: it yes. i discounted it and so sorry honey. thank you it was Love delicious it. <laughs>
1: Do it, again. <laughs> do
0: it again even if it's not on sale just it. Yes. <laughs> it's just this we can just overcomplicate relationships by like being insecure like did they really mean it when they said that mm-hmm. why do we have to think that if they said it take it as true like why mm-hmm. why are we overcomplicating it we're probably ignorant like i said when you're a kid i know so in my extended family i thought there was never any drama well found out when i was an adult that's not true at all yeah so cutting out the drama yeah why do we need to know about it why do we need to see it why do we feel the need to talk about it and dwell on it Mm -hmm. so like kids they're completely oblivious because they're focused on other things and not getting caught up in that kind of stuff minimalism focuses on one aspect of our over complication material goods like we hoard things we've got a gadget for everything we dump things into our home with the idea that it'll solve all our problems so like yeah like buying online chore charts um and rewards or is there a simpler way to help our kids become responsible do we really need a stanley cup to stay hydrated so i've heard that argument (laughs) oh i drink a lot out of it when i have it
1: (laughs) maybe i do maybe
0: i've made that argument myself and so that's why i know it but do we really need that? Or is there something far easier we could do? Just drink more water. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So simplicity kind of focuses on all aspects that we can overcomplicate. Like, am I being a good parent? Well, that's of course a great question to ask and it's always important to strive. But mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we can dissect everything. Like, Oh, yeah. how will this affect my child oh i did this and then just like dwelling on it to the point where it's right. it's almost like a constant state of fear mm-hmm. that you're doing you're gonna mess them up yeah even when you're trying to do your best and and i think we've kind of created this expert society in the past like century that's really this myth that we are only successful at things if we're consulting experts on them like every point of life you don't know how to feed your body Unless an expert tells you what's nutritious. Right. You don't know anything about government unless you listen to the experts that tell right. you.
1: Or unless how we were talking earlier, you decide to dive into hours yes. worth of research to determine <laughs> what's good for your
0: body when you should just eat a salad for lunch. Right. Like you, know? you can use some basic common <laughs> yes. sense goes a very long way. Yes. It doesn't have to be complicated. And the problem with this expert society is that while expertise are important. There are lemon limitations, right? Sure, packing nutritious lunches that are deemed healthy and creating schedules are important, but is that literally all there is to parenting? Like right. all these quantifiable right. things, right. like I fed my kid this carrot and I put them to bed at this time and I woke them up at that time. Aren't there some qualities of parenting that really aren't measured and aren't quantified as right. easily? What are those? How do we obtain them? So a parent that does their best, to live a life of virtue and commits themselves to prayer will be a good parent. Even if you didn't know all the latest nutritious trends. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the simple part we have to remember. The fact that we're simply trying our best. Yeah. Right. Means something. I mean, that's why we try to teach our kids. Just try your best. Yeah. And I think we can overcomplicate it and even think our best is not good. Like we have to go beyond that. And
1: yeah. So that makes me think like I, a couple of my children are, like perfectionists. And I (laughs) hope to God that it's not because of me or anything I did, because I feel like that is kind of a hard way to live. Uh, My husband and I were both pretty particular. He definitely wins on the particularity contest, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but anyhow, so the other day, my daughter, she was coloring something and i have emphasized like color between the lines Sure, you know like totally it's just understandable. a normal thing yeah you know? I, i've Teaching never like skill. yelled at her to color between the lines <laughs> it's not like i've traumatized her in that way or anything but she just she just accidentally colored out one big line and she lost it she was crying for i couldn't console her um. she said it's not perfect she wants to start over She she was just distraught and i and i And I didn't know how to react at the moment. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. You just keep coloring. It looks good. No one's even going to notice, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I looked into it later and I thought, like, how is it that I can better teach her that you don't have to seek perfection, right? Yeah. And so, and this actually worked the other, she, and lo and behold, it happened again with some other kind of scenario. And I told her, there are only two perfect people in this world and then you know i told her jesus and mary and she knew and i asked her who do you think they are jesus and mary okay and i said you are not perfect but you can try your best Mm -hmm. and that's all you can do yeah and so don't expect to be perfect because you won't be perfect right you know and she's like okay and she got it she just took that in stopped crying dropped it and now i think she's actually okay with making mistakes and and anyhow, I, I forgot why I even started bringing that up. No, you were,
0: the, that pursuit of perfection. Yes.
1: Yeah, that, that it can overcomplicate your life. Yeah. And, you know, it can lead you into And that's so
0: true. Like, I have the same problem, and I'm sure I'm projecting it on my kid, too, a little right. bit because he's the same way, yes. or I'm like, oh, it's
1: okay. And, and, it's but, so, and it's so much more obvious when you see your child demonstrate that as opposed to when you are a it's like yeah. like as an adult you're like well it's okay because i'm an adult right. and i should know better i right. should be better or i can be better yeah and all this pressure is on you but
0: and that's what it is it's pressure mm-hmm. it's not you're that you're seeking perfection for the beauty and truth of it it's almost like you're seeking it because you feel pressured to or you're will you will gain
1: approval yeah like even if it's self, there's an ulterior motive
0: to yeah. it that's not like yeah. holiness, right? right? Like obviously we have a pursuit of perfection to be saints mm-hmm. um, that ultimately will become holy in things. Um, right. But in like little everyday things, like there are plenty of mistakes to be made and even saints had faults they were always overcoming right and pitfalls and and things of that nature. But yeah, it's important to realize that sometimes our pursuit of perfection, we lose sight of what real mm-hmm. perfection is exactly. and we get caught up in these distractions and I think a lot of parents, that's why you can put pressure on sports. It's like, well, why? What What are you trying to achieve through that? Like, what what's the end goal? Also, it's like, usually not your kid. What are you, teaching your, your what are <laughs> yeah. you yeah. teaching your child? Yeah. You know, and that- I even feel that pressure as a parent, like, if I if I see my kids struggle with something in homework, I I get this like anxiety, like oh no, should I have done more? Mm-hmm. This is fine. This right. is normal and development. And you kind of make it about
1: you, yeah, Instead of it was what's not about happening.
0: him. And yeah. I realized I was making him on edge. Yes. And I oh, like. I know. Oh, I can't what? believe we didn't learn this. And you know and i'm like what am i doing who cares like so like i just You're like who
1: cares He's yeah five yeah. yes yeah so i was like oh
0: well here's how we actually do it we'll work on it yeah. and it's not a big deal right. and it's just yes yeah, sometimes our, our pursuit of perfection is not really per- we're not actually pursuing perfection we're pursuing something else right so i think that's important too to look at right. just like curiosity you have to look at well what's the motive what yeah what are you doing when and be more reflective about it. Right. So yeah, keep it simple, um, or as Michael from the office says, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> duh, duh. Um, just to kind of close as a, a thing to think about moving ahead after listening is try and simplify. So, do you need every room in your house to be completely redecorated and up to top standards? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say I have a problem with that one. Right. Yes. But like in five yes, years, but no. is not tomorrow. <laughs> Yes. The slow and steady. Yes. Do we need all these material possessions? Do we need a new car if the one we drive is good enough and reliable? Actually, my husband and I just talked about this one because there's kind of this idea, right? Like if you sacrifice now and save up, then you can buy the nicest car you want. My husband and I were like, should you do that though? If you have a perfectly great car and it's reliable and you like it, do you really have to have a flashy car like in your life? Like should that be your pursuit, what you're pursuing?
1: Right. And again, what is the end goal? Yeah.
0: Why? Again, that's, it's like something to think about. Do mm-hmm. we need everything to know everything about everything and constantly need to be scouring the internet for it? Do we already have everything we could possibly need? And what we really need is to focus on what we have and do with it what God will. Just a reflection to think about. This is for myself as well. What is God placing on your heart right now? What does he want you to change or do? And when you get that answer during silence in the morning or reflection, Mm -hmm. front of adoration, wherever you're going to get that, how can you simply submit to it, accept God's grace and get it done? So with a world that's full of anxiety concerning all the things we lack, all the problems we have to solve, what bad things might happen, let's try to have that faith of a child, leave it at God's feet, and say, he'll show me the way he's going to take care of these problems. Good reflection going into the week.
1: Okay, so to end our episode, instead of a quote of the day, I found a prayer that I feel like really applies to everything we talked about so um it goes like this lord jesus christ teach me to use all the things of this life and this world for your kingdom whatever i need or enjoy whatever i think whatever things i use in the brief time of life help me to always use them for your honor and glory and for the betterment of others Remind me always that we are passing through this world and that our ownership of things is very temporary, almost an illusion. Help me to curb my needs and appetites, so that I will be more prepared to give up things for your honor and glory and for the needs of my neighbor. I I ask this of you, Christ my Lord. Amen. And that is from Father Benedict Groeschel Groeschel, Groeschel from, uh, from his book, The Virtue Driven Life. And so, Mandy's one
0: thing is my tip is a laundry one because I've been having a lot of laundry issues, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to extend the life of of some of the things. So, one that I found that works really well is if you have like a scrubbing brush, and then Dawn dish soap and a tiny bit of alcohol, and when you get grass stains worth like marker stain marker like ink. I don't especially. know how to get those out. Okay. You said dish soap, alcohol, rubbing alcohol and a brush. And, a brush, and so okay. I mix the dish soap in like you just put a little bit of each basically. And I mean, there's no right measurement. I kind of mm. do half half like So right. it's a little liquidy. Um, And I just like scrub it into if it's ink, you want to try to blot it first if it's fresh um, out. But a lot of mine are set in by the time I get to them. So yeah. I use the brush to kind of get it into okay. the fibers. Okay. And then you just wash, like you rinse it with cold water. And, and then you out. just throw it in the wash. And I've gotten pen out of my kids. Be careful with the alcohol of using it too much of it, though, because it does fade colors. So yeah, You don't want to, like, abrasive. dump a bunch on there. Okay. You just, a little goes a long way. Okay. But, yeah, just scrub it into there, then rinse it off, or you're going to end up with suds galore. Um, in your washing machine, if you leave all the soap on yeah. it and stuff, yeah. so That's definitely rinse it
1: off. That's a good tip because my, right now I have marker on pants and I don't know how to get off.
0: So yeah, anyhow, your alcohol is your friend. Yes, in many ways. Just and
1: <laughs> rubbing alcohol.
0: Rubbing alcohol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and my tip is to find yourself a word of the year. Um, I posted this on our baby steps, homemakers, Instagram, and Which you should totally plug, follow Yeah, a little plug for there. <laughs> uh, go ahead and follow us on there if you enjoy our content. Um, but anyhow, so I, w- I would, I would, would uh, say that it would, it's a good practice to have a word of the year to kind of help guide you. And, um, the way that I came up with mine was, you know, after being home for the holidays, it kind of led to some introspection. (laughs) I know my mom's listening to this, so I'll just say, you know, it makes you think about a lot of things about ways you want to grow and who you want to become. And through prayer, a word kind of came to me and I feel like it is applicable to all facets of my life. So I would highly encourage you guys to um, prayer and re- pray and reflect and whether it be with scripture or just contemplative prayer, a conversation with God that you might have. And think about again, all the things that you have in your past, things that you want to change in the future and let that word guide you every month.
0: You got this mama. And don't forget, God walks among the pots and pans. See you next time.